Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone, for standing with us um, to raise our babies to know Jesus. They're looking at you. They're imitating us, and they're imitating you. So on behalf of my children, um, step into your faith. Live out your love for Jesus. Let's pray. Oh God, God of widows, God of strangers, God of the little children, you protect those the world would rather leave behind, those who the world gives no voice. You protect them and you feed the hungry with good things. Help us to be hungry this morning for your word, for its, its penetrating sword cutting through joint and marrow, piercing us to the very core to change us, to make us something new. We ask this humbly in your name. Amen. So this morning, we've read four different scripture passages, as we do every Sunday. And I'm going to focus on two of them. So if you have your bulletins, if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, I'm going to look at Hebrews and the Psalm. And that Hebrews passage especially, it talks about Christ being the once-for-all sacrifice. And it talks about us eagerly waiting for him. And it talks about him not coming again to deal with sin because sin has been dealt with once and for all. So we don't need to, to sip, seep in our shame over our sin, over the things that have separated us from God. We need to step into God's forgiveness, God's grace. Every time we come together for corporate worship, corporate just means body, being together, we see glimpses. This service is an opportunity to see a glimpse of the kingdom of God breaking through in the forms of scripture and songs and sacraments like communion and baptism. And this morning is no different. I mean, my own daughter was just baptized, and we have sung songs of about God with us, a God who came to bring peace and hope, who took sin and bore shame and conquered the grave. We sung about this amazing grace and how Jesus has broken the power of sin and darkness, how his kingdom is ruled with truth and justice. And as we've been hearing week after week moving through the book of Hebrews, we are members of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And we are tasked with the responsibility to help God's kingdom come to earth as it is already in heaven. To bring this hope and peace and love and justice into our world. Because our physical reality tells a very different story, doesn't it? We live in a fear-based economy. We buy insurance for fear of disaster striking because it does. 
We live with suffocating debt and loans, and we fear skyrocketing interest rates and debt collectors. We have fears about crowds, fears about being alone. Some of us are afraid of airplanes and others afraid of driving on the highway. We worry about sending our kids to public school, but then if we homeschool them, we'll shelter them. Most every one of us hides our sin from each other because what if they found out? We have leaders who govern us with fear. They insist that we are threatened by every immigrant, every stranger, every foreigner who comes into our, our space. But God's kingdom is different. God's reality is a different reality, and it's breaking through, and it's our job to help it come. God's kingdom is a grace-based economy. At the very core of our faith is this God who was willing to stop at nothing to express his love for us. To put on our human flesh, our limitations, to allow his son to be sacrificed. Christ became our once-for-all permanent sacrifice. He made atonement. He made it possible for us to be one with God once and for all. We now have continuous access to the very source of love. And this is the fullest expression of grace. This is the gospel. One verse in Hebrews 9, Hebrews 9.28, contains this gospel good news. It says that Christ, having been offered to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those eagerly waiting for him. We no longer need to live in fear, my friends, fear of anything, and neither should anyone else. Jesus Christ, yes, he is our judge, but when we stand and make an account for ourselves, we stand and look at the eyes of our rescuer, our judge and our rescuer, Jesus. He completed the sacrifice to atone for our sins. We don't have to fear shame. We don't have to hide our sins from one another. We only need to confess. And we get to share this good news with everyone who's willing to listen. Because confession brings healing. I'm telling you, I've told some of you personally that in my own experience in just the last few weeks, Confessing sin, putting words to the thing that's only going on in your head or the thing that you've only done in secret or whatever it is, whatever struggle you're having, takes the power away. Because now someone else is holding it and they're still loving you. And suddenly the grip of that sin, it's, it's lessened, it's loosened, it's only powerful in the dark. So let it out. Confess your sin to one another and pray for each other. That's the healing. The healing comes when we confess. But back to this verse in Hebrews 9.28. Did you catch that last line? Those eagerly waiting for him. 
So how do we eagerly wait on God's grace-based kingdom? It's breaking through right now, right? In the way that we love each other, in the gifts of every day, in these sacraments, in this corporate worship. But it's not still, it's still not fully here, right? We live in a broken world. So what do we do in this in-between space? We're standing on the threshold between the already of God's kingdom and the not yet of God's kingdom. What do we do? I think we step into forgiveness. We step into the forgiveness that Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. Reverend Elizabeth Forney writes, we no longer belong to a fear-based community. Instead, we find that confession can become a part of our regular life together because revenge and punishment need no longer be feared because our judge is our rescuer. So let's take off our shame. Let's receive this more than enough and never running out love and forgiveness of Jesus. And let's not stop there just receiving it. Let's pour it out on one another. That's what we mean when we say go in peace. Go take what you've gotten here and share it with everyone who will listen. Let's become a people. Let Monroe Free Methodist Church be a church where people freely confess their sins to one another, where it doesn't seem unusual or daunting or scary or shame-filled. It's a light, it's a lightning, a buoyancy as we throw off the weights and we can float in the love of God. Forgiveness overcomes this fear that our world sets in motion. Forgives us, forgiveness fosters healing and wholeness. Forgiveness is at the core of the message of the cross. And I believe as we eagerly wait on this grace-based kingdom of God, I think it looks a lot like this Psalm 146. So I encourage you this week, if you have five minutes every day to sit with a psalm, sit with Psalm 146 and let it form you. Take bites of it. Let it transform your soul, your very gut, your heart. Because it talks about keeping faith forever, insisting on justice for the oppressed, giving food to the hungry, protecting and welcoming strangers with the same hospitality and love God has shown us. My friend, I'll I'll call him my friend, Eugene Peterson, If you know, uh, Eugene Peterson is uh, a prolific author, and he uh, translated the Bible into common English called The Message. He passed away a couple weeks ago, and I really feel like I have lost a friend. Um, His words have helped form me. Our words matter. This is what Eugene, this is how he writes Psalm 146. Don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of life, of salvation life. Mere humans do not have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. Instead, get help from the God of Jacob and Rachel. Put your hope in God and no real blessing. God made sky and soil, sea and all the fish in it. He always does what he says. 
God defends the wronged. God feeds the hungry. God frees prisoners. God gives sight to the blind and he lifts up the fallen. God loves good people. And he protects strangers. He takes the side of orphans and widows, but he makes short work of the wicked. My notes in the Life with God Bible says, God's love draws us to share in this bringing justice and restoring the weak and protecting the vulnerable. Knowing that these matters cannot be peripheral or optional for true disciples of Jesus. Forgiveness is not optional. Grace is not optional. The justice of God's kingdom is a different sort of justice, and it's not optional. Jesus granted us forgiveness and grace at the cross once and for all. That doesn't just mean the people who look like me. That means every single member of humanity, Jesus died because he loved them. You're worthy of love, and so is every other person ever created. And every Sunday, when we do this thing called passing the peace, we're saying, regardless of our differences, we get to share in the grace and forgiveness of God. We get to say, I'm loved by God, and I want you to know that you are loved by God. And then we come to the table, this grace-based table of Jesus, not out of fear or obligation or trembling, but out of sheer joy for this grace and forgiveness that has been poured out to us once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you and me to God.